Welcome to the Seek Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I'm Erin Falbo, your host for this season. Each week, we're sharing content that dives into the heart of the gospel, who God is, who we are, and what it means to live in relationship with Him. We're excited to walk with you as you encounter the Lord. In this episode, Father Sean Kilcally reflects with great gratitude on how we are all affected by original sin and what it means to embrace the grace, love, and mercy of Jesus our Savior. Our sponsor for this session is Exodus 90. Exodus is a 90-day spiritual exercise for men that provides a path to freedom through prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. We invite you to join thousands of men around the world for a 46-day spiritual exercise that lasts from Ash Wednesday, March 2nd, to Easter Sunday. Visit exodus90.com to sign up for the 46-day challenge. Also be sure to visit the Exodus team on Mission Way and download the Exodus app. Our next speaker is a 1996 graduate of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. In 1999, he left active military service to enter the seminary for the Diocese of Lincoln and was ordained a priest in 2005. Since 2014, he has served as the director of the Office for Family Life in the Diocese of Lincoln. He's focused his efforts on diocesan initiatives to prevent early exposure to pornography and resources of intervention and healing for those affected by pornography. Speaking today on the freedom to love, please welcome Father Sean Kilcally. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we invite you into this space and ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon us to bind us to our Lord Jesus Christ, that every thought, word, and work of ours may begin with you and through you be happily completed through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is a great joy to be with you all today. And uh, as Steve said, my name is Father Sean Kilcally. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska. And... Um, and, and just really grateful to our Lord for everything that he has done to, to bring me to this place in this time and to bring all of us to this place and this time. And, and there's really like two things that I want to start with today. And, and the first is that I'm speaking as somebody who believes that Jesus is a real person, right? That Jesus is real and, and that everything that he says is true, right? That everything that he says is true. And, and when I say everything that Jesus says is true, that means that it's true that we can be free, Right? It's true that we can be free. It's true that we can live <clears throat> the abundant life. Right? Jesus says, I came that you may have, may have life and have it more abundantly. Right? And have it more abundantly. That you may have life to the full. And, and that's really what we're talking about today is that, is that desire to have life to the full. And, and so when we talk about freedom, Right, it's really freedom to love, but, but it's, it begins with that desire, right? It begins with a desire to live. And, and, I, and I emphasize those two points because sometimes we live in a world where we don't believe that it's possible to live or we don't believe it's possible to be free. You know, sometimes I'll talk to a group of college students and I'll say, do you believe it's possible to be free? 
uh, yeah, I'm not really sure, right? Like, I, like I've been trying for a long time and, and nothing I'm, I'm doing seems to work. And, and if that's the case, right, if that's the case, then, then there's one third underlying point that, that I want you all to hold in your hearts today, which, which is something that I, I call spiritual grit, right? Spiritual grit. You know, like grit is that thing that, that quality that allows us to hang in there when, when times get tough and, and to endure in times of suffering. And, you know, it's related to that virtue of long suffering. And it's, it's sort of that quality that allows Jacob to wrestle with the angel, to wrestle with God all night long. And, and at the end of the night in the morning, the angel says to him, let me go. And he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Right? I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And so spiritual grit means that, I, that I'm going to hang in here with our Lord because I believe that he's a real person and I believe everything that he teaches is true. And so I'm going to hang in with him until I start to experience that abundant life that he's promised me. Right? And so, so that I can experience that abundant life that he's promised me. Now, now of course, everybody asks this question like, like how do you be free? Right? And, and the work that I've done helping people and freedom from pornography, like, like oftentimes the question is, okay, what do I have to do, right? What do I have to do? And, and my answer is always pretty simple. Like, like, you don't have to do anything other than surrender your entire heart to our Lord. That's it, right? That's all you have to do. All you have to do is surrender your entire heart to our Lord. Okay, what do I have to do to do that, right? What do I have to do to do that? And, and so today I want to reflect on, on the rich young man and the rich young man and how he gives us a model, right, for, for moving into freedom, right? He, the rich young man gives us a model. And, and it starts with a desire, right? It starts with a desire. So the rich young man goes to our Lord and, and he says, what must I do, right? He's asking that same question that so many of us ask. What must I do to gain eternal life? And underneath that question, there's a desire, right? There's a desire to live, Right? There's a desire to live. And so the first thing that we have to have is a desire to live. And that might seem kind of obvious, right? It might seem obvious. However, for, for many of us who have struggled with any kind of addictive behaviors in our life, whether it's Netflix binging or food or television or pornography or masturbation, whatever it is, somewhere in that behavior, there's... There's the lack of a desire to live. And, and I, was, I was very blessed by somebody in my life and a couple of years ago, and, and this person was praying with me. And, and in the midst of praying with me, what, what came out was that, that there, was, there was a lack of a desire to live. And I didn't desire to die. I just didn't desire to live. Right? I didn't desire the abundant life. Maybe I started to settle for the good enough life. Right, the good enough life. Or, or the, the life where, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like in drudgery until like someday maybe I'll go to heaven and then things will be good then. Right? It, it definitely wasn't a pursuit of life every single day. And, and anytime we're moving into things that we're enslaved to, we're moving away from living our life. And so the first thing is we have to have a desire to live. And so what must I do to gain eternal life? And then our Lord's answer is pretty simple. You know, our Lord says to him, keep the commandments. You know, in other words, 
he says to him, stop sinning, right? Stop sinning. And, and so the first thing is, okay, I want to live. And because I want to live, I'm going to stop sinning. And, and again, that seems kind of obvious. It seems kind of obvious. But, but when we're talking about living in freedom, right, the opposite of living in freedom is living in slavery. And when we're talking about living in slavery, we're really talking about sin. And, and so often we can fall into this, this sort of lie or, or delusion that, that it's okay for me to, to tolerate living in some kind of sin in my life. And, and we attribute that to lots of different things. We can attribute it to our woundedness. And, and surely, like, sin flows out of woundedness. And there are certain things that reduce our culpability with regard to sin. But at the end of the day, it's still sin. And, and we have to have this desire to stop sinning. And so keep the commandments. And then the third thing, this third movement, right, and for the rich young man is, okay, he says, okay, I've done that. I've stopped sinning. Now what do I do? Right now, what do I do? Okay, you've stopped sinning, so now go and sell everything that you have and follow me. Now surrender your entire heart to me. Now give me everything in your heart. And he, and he sort of goes away sad at that point because he recognizes that, oh, he just doesn't want the minimum. He wants all of me. Right? He wants all of me. And so that third movement is that complete surrender, right? That complete surrender. And so the rich young man gives us that sort of roadmap, this roadmap of the desire to live. I'm going to cut sin out of my life. And then I'm going to surrender my entire heart to our Lord. Right? Then I'm going to surrender my entire heart to our Lord. You know, and so what do we mean by like that desire to live and what does that fullness of life look like? And, and so Mark Laser has this book called The Seven Desires of Every Human Heart. And, and in that, we find these seven desires that, that point to, okay, this is really what my heart longs for, right? This is what my heart longs for. And those seven desires are to be heard and understood, to be heard and understood, to be affirmed, for somebody to say, it's good that you're here, it's good that you exist, I appreciate you. To be safe, to be blessed, to be included, to be chosen, and to be touched. Right? These seven desires, they reveal to us what it means to be a son, right? They reveal to us what it means to be a daughter of God. And, and they also reveal to us those places in our life where there are the biggest sufferings. Because the biggest sufferings that we have are when those seven desires go unfulfilled. When we feel misunderstood. When we feel excluded or on the periphery or we feel like we're different than everybody else or we have special circumstances. When, when we feel insecure in our relationships and we feel like there's nobody that's here for me or there's nobody that I can talk to right now. When we feel like we don't matter. 
when we've had experiences in our life where there are people that we should have been able to trust and they've betrayed us or, or they haven't been there for us in the way that we needed them to be there for us. And so those seven desires also, they reveal to us the seven places where we can be most wounded. And if that's true, then they also reveal to us the seven places where sin enters into our life the most and, and slavery enters into our life the most. And, and so if we want to know what we're enslaved to, we just have to ask ourselves, okay, what do I do when I feel misunderstood? When I feel unincluded, when I feel set apart, when I feel like I don't belong? What do I do when I'm feeling insecure? What do I do when, when I'm feeling unaffirmed? What do I do when I put in a lot of work and a lot of effort and it goes unnoticed? What do I do in those times? And, and whatever we do in those times, that's what we entrust ourselves to. And that's, that really becomes what we worship. You know, when, when we give our whole heart to or we seek refuge in things other than the Lord, when we seek refuge in things other than the Lord and we seek comfort or we seek to feel loved in things other than the Lord. And, and those can be many things. You know, the obvious ones are, are those things that are really grave sins. Things like pornography or masturbation or there's the less obvious sins like gluttony and like overeating. Do I reach for a tube of cookie dough? Do I, do I go home and throw myself into a bag of Doritos? Do I order a whole pizza and eat the entire thing? Do I endlessly scroll on social media hoping to find something new? Am I so deep into watching Netflix shows that I'm watching shows that nobody else would watch and I can't even talk to people about what I watch because like nobody even watches this? <laughs> no, what, what, do we, what do we do and, and where do we find ourselves enslaved? Are we just picking up our phone and, and zoning out like playing games on our phone? Because that's what we're enslaved to, right? That's what we need to be free from. And, and whatever that is, that goes in the, okay, these are the things I need to cut out of my life. And, and this is where I need to stop sinning. Right? This is where I need to stop sinning. And, and I'm using really direct term there when I say this is where I need to stop sinning because, because sometimes we can, we can sort of give ourselves too much of a break. And, and when I say too much of a break, I mean... That, that there are things that we don't consider that bad, but they're keeping us in slavery. You know, they're, keep, they're keeping us in slavery. And, and we just don't consider them that bad. Or, or we think, well, you know, because I'm weak, I, 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 can, I, I fall into this. And, and really, this is a grave thing, and it needs to be in the I can't do that category. The I can't do that category is the category that every grave sin should be in in our life. Right? Every grave sin should be in this category. And, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, every grave sin is not in that category. So, so, for instance, there are certain things in our life that we just can't do and we know that we just can't do them. Right? Like somebody might come to me and say, okay, Father, every time I go home on break, um, I, go, I go stay with my parents and, and my mom, she just like nags me and, and she's just like all into my business and, and she's asking me all these questions and, it, and she gets, she's so annoying and, and it frustrates me. And then, you know, I feel like escaping and, and I might fall into some kind of behavior. 
okay, so, so here's a solution. Like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to like go home, and when your mom is getting on your nerves, just wait for her to go to bed at night and get a pillow, and then go into her room and smother her, right? Now, now somebody's going to look at me and be like, I can't do that. What are you talking about? I can't do that. That's ridiculous. Like, that's rid you would never do that, right? We would never do that. It's in the I can't do that category, right? And, and so we have things in our life that are in the I can't do that category, and we need to put those other things in that category, right? We need to put those other things in that category. So anything that is grave matter needs to be in that category, right? Which means like viewing pornography needs to be in the I can't do that category. Masturbation needs to be in the I can't do that category. Eating a roll of cookie dough needs to be in the I can't do that category. Whatever it is that gets in the way has to be in the I can't do that category. Even when those things maybe aren't the worst sin. Right? Even when those things maybe aren't the worst sin, they have to go in the I can't do that category. Because once they're there, once we stop sinning, what happens is that desire that we had, that we were sort of trying to meet with those things, those worldly things or those sinful things, that desire gets exposed. And as that desire is exposed, then we can take it to our Lord and we can see that our Lord does meet it, right? We can see that our Lord does meet it, that he is capable of meeting it, that he desires to meet it. Right? And that's where the magic happens, right? That's where the magic happens. And, and this is something like, very like, profound that I, I experienced like, even just recently, which started with that desire to live my life. And I, and I had this desire to live my life. And I said, a couple years ago, I went to this friend and, and he was praying over me. And, and kind of in the midst of praying over me, he started talking about things like heart disease and, and like chronic illnesses. And, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? You know, this is, and I kind of left there like, what the heck? Right? And, and so then I, I realized like, I haven't had a physical in like five to 10 years, right? So, so I go to the doctor and I find out I have high cholesterol and I have sleep apnea and I have some other things. And, and I was like, oh, so I went on cholesterol medication and, and I realized like, okay, I have to desire to live my life. And, and so I was just sort of like praying into that desire to live my life for, for about a year. And, and I woke up on my 47th birthday weighing about 240 pounds and, and looking at myself in the mirror and being like, oh, this is like, I don't want to be heavy anymore. You know, my knees hurt when I climb the stairs, like, like all this kind of stuff. And, and in my head, you know, I'm like an army ranger and I used to be really like tough, and, but, but I just let myself go. And, uh, and so I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose weight. I have a friend who lost like 100 pounds in a year on a certain food program. And, and so I went on this food program and it's super disciplined and you eat like six times a day and, and very controlled like what you eat. So, so now um, what happened is like eating certain foods went into the I can't do that category, right? And, and so now my desires are going to get more exposed, even though like it wasn't like super sinful that I would, you know, snack. But those desires were getting exposed. And, uh, and I remember one day in particular, I, I, was, I had just started this, this kind of food discipline and, um, and I got super frustrated with some circumstance in my life that I have zero control over, right? Um, because that's another you know, area of escape for me is like, like I wanna control things that I don't actually have control over. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I'd like waking up in the morning, having manifestos about what I would do if I was the Pope or something like that. Like I have no control over that. And, uh, and so, so I'm really super frustrated and, and I'm staring at a bag of Dove chocolates on my dining room table. And I had this realization that if I wasn't on this food program, I would be eating like 20 of those right now. Like what in the world? Okay, Jesus, I need you to help me right now. Like I need you to, to fix this problem for me because like that chocolate is not going to fix this problem for me. And, and I just need you. And you're the only one that's capable of meeting this desire, right? Because that, that place where I was frustrated, it was really a place where I wasn't feeling heard and understood or affirmed or appreciated or blessed. And so Jesus, I need you to bless me. And I need, I need you to be the only thing. I need you to be the only thing. And so putting dove chocolates in the I can't do that category, what did it do? It opened up this space of vulnerability and, and revealed the desire and put me in a place where it's only our Lord that can meet it, right? It's only our Lord that can meet it. And, and what happened then? What happens is uh, I realized like our Lord does much better job than chocolate at fixing my life. <laughs> he does a much better job than pornography or masturbation or Doritos or Netflix binging or playing games on my phone. But we miss out on that when, when we sort of compromise with sin and we miss out on that when, when there's things that should be in the I can't do that category that we let be in the I, can, I can't do that unless I'm stressed category, right? Like sometimes we have the I can never do that unless I'm really stressed out. I got three hours of sleep last night. I'm feeling vulnerable and I have all these wounds from my childhood category. Then I can do it, right? Like that's not the place where we grow in holiness. You know, all those things are things that need healing in our life and, and, and they can only be healed in our life when we recognize, okay, what I've been trying to do to heal them doesn't work. Those things belong in the I can't do that category. I'm, I need to stop sinning. And then I can bring all of my unmet desires to our Lord and he will be the fulfillment right, of every desire. He'll be the fulfillment of every desire because that's what, that's what our Lord wants to do, right? That's what our Lord wants to do. And so, so when, when it comes to like, how do we be free to love? It starts with that desire to live and, and in that desire to live, and to live, a, to live the abundant life. It requires that we allow our Lord to love us, that we allow our Lord to take care of every need that we have and every desire that we have. First John 4.10, it's not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And, and it means, okay, so I'm going to give up all of these other things, and I'm just going to let our Lord love me. I'm just going to let our Lord love me. You know, and that's the model you know, that, that the progression that the rich young man goes through, but it's also the progression that every single person in the gospel goes through. Everyone who's in need of conversion goes through that same progression. You know, the woman caught in adultery, she's in this position where she's able to experience true repentance and honesty, 
right? She's caught in the very act of committing adultery. She's exposed, like now the whole world knows, everybody knows what's been going on in her life. There's no hiding anymore. There's no more double life. There's, there's just her exposed. And the crowd says to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Moses says we should kill her. What do you say? And the woman doesn't protest. She doesn't say, no, you shouldn't kill me because I have all these circumstances in my life. I have all these things. She just like, she's accepting where she is. And she just looks at the ground. I mean, I imagine she looks at the ground because shame makes us look at the ground. And then the Lord bends down and writes in the sand because he wants to meet her unmet desires. And he wants her to notice that he notices her. He wants her to see his look of love so that mercy can land in that place. And she can recognize that everything that she had been looking for in the sinfulness of her life can be met by this person who just lowered himself so that I wouldn't miss out on the look of love. The Samaritan woman at the well, she has a similar experience. You know, she's going to the well in the middle of the day. Why? Because, probably because she doesn't want to see people. And so she goes in the middle of the day and she encounters our Lord and the Lord says, give me a drink. And she's like, ah, I don't want to see people. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You're not even supposed to talk to me. Go away. If you knew who was asking you, you would ask me and I would give you living water. You don't even have a bucket. Go away. And then Jesus says to her, the water I will give you, you'll never be thirsty again. Your unmet desires will always be met. You'll never have unmet desires again. Okay, give me that water always. Okay, go get your husband. Ugh. I don't have a husband. No, you don't have one. You've had five. The one you're with now is not your husband. I know who you are. I know who you are. And it's in that moment of, of complete and utter honesty that she receives mercy. And so when we're talking about the how of okay, I desire to live. I'm going to stop sinning. I'm going to surrender my life. You know, in between, like, that stop sinning and surrendering my life, there's this thing called repentance that's so important. And repentance means I know who I am. I know what I deserve. And I'm going to go to our Lord and I'm going to just let his mercy land in this place. And there's no presumption And so the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son, he finds himself in the pigsty after squandering his inheritance and, and he experiences repentance, which means he knows who he is and he knows what he deserves. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. That's what I deserve. He doesn't say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, but, but you're super merciful, so I know you're going to let me back in your house. He, he goes to him and says, this is what I deserve. And before he can get to, this is what I deserve, he says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. And the father interrupts him 
and he experiences mercy. He experiences the gift and the thing that he had desired to be filled by prostitutes, by all the things that he'd run after, was fulfilled. That desire was met by our Lord. And because our, our Lord desires to meet our desires, right? He wants to be the fulfillment of those desires that he's placed in our heart. He, he wants to love us. And so when we're struggling and we desire freedom, whether no matter what it's from, right, that's the progression. There are certain tools that help us along the way. 12-step fellowships are things that it's, it's sort of a format and a, a methodology for going through that progression of saying, this is exactly who I am. This is what I deserve. I need God to meet my desires. Right? Having good friendships and good fellowship and, and just like reaching out to other people to connect and paying attention to like what are the desires of my heart and, and where are the places that they truly can be fulfilled. Right? That's another methodology that we put in the way. But, but all of those things, you know, whether it's accountability software, going on diets, going on food plants, Right? The point of all of that is, is that I desire to have the abundant life that our Lord has promised me. And so we constantly in our prayer, we go back to, I'm in need of conversion. Right? If we're in need of freedom, that means we're in need of conversion. I'm in need of conversion, and that starts with listening to the words of our Lord and desiring to live. then cutting out everything that gets in the way of receiving his love, right? Everything that we entrust our life to instead of him. And then surrendering our entire heart to him. And so just invite you, dear brothers and sisters, to, to think about that and to think about, like, what are the things that we turn to when our desires are unmet? And, and to pray for the grace and the spiritual grit to cut those things out of our life and to sit in that tension, right? To sit in that tension and, and to stay in that place until, until our Lord does give us everything that we desire, right? And everything that we need. And that might be a short time and it might be a longer time, right? It might be a short time, it might be a longer time. The woman with the hemorrhage, she waited 12 years. She had a hemorrhage for 12 years. But there's a kind of perseverance that says, I believe that everything that our Lord teaches is true and I believe it's possible. And I'm gonna go and I'm gonna use every means necessary in order to have the freedom that our Lord has proclaimed is possible. Because when we experience that and we come to know that in that way, it's then that we truly become a light that shines in the darkness of our culture. It's then that our own joy becomes contagious. It's then <laughs> that we give witness to the fact that Jesus is real and everything that he says is true. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we ask your blessing upon each of these, your beloved sons and daughters. We ask for the grace to, to recognize the movements and the desires of our heart. We ask you to cast out every spirit of death, every movement away from real living in our life. Help us to separate ourselves from all sin and from everything that gets in the way 
of receiving your love, everything that takes your place in our life and in our heart. Help us to experience the transformation that you've proclaimed and to be a witness of your grace, your love, your mercy, your light in the darkness of our own culture. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon each of you and remain with you forever. Amen. Thanks for listening, friends. To hear more content from speakers like this, join us for Seek 24 in St. Louis, January 1st through the 5th. Visit seek.focus.org to learn more.